This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Bringing you a common sense and fresh perspective to creating a just society. This is Common Sense on Social Justice. You'll get equipped with the tools you need to carry out social justice right where you are. Now, here's the host of Common Sense on Social Justice, Michael Davis. And thank you so much for joining us again. I'm so glad you are here. Uh, It is uh, always good to have these conversations and to remind you that we are in the middle of a uh, short series on the encyclical Charity and Truth by Pope Benedict XVI. And so uh, we got the intro last week. Today we covered chapter one. I've been streaming the Karate Kid movies. Now that's dating me for sure. I grew up in that era in the in the 1980s and enjoyed the series. I, it's just one of my favorite movies of all time, and I'm not really sure why. I just enjoy it. But uh, the karate in the next Karate Kid, which is the fourth installment of that series, Julie, uh, who is a student of Mr. Miyagi's, uh, Julie's played by Hilary Swank. She's frustrated with Mr. Miyagi because he keeps giving her answers that she is not understanding. At one point, she says, I wish you would give me an answer I could understand, to which Mr. Miyagi replies, answer only important if ask right question. And she says, that's exactly what I'm talking about. And I think that with a lot of our justice efforts that we fall miserably short because we aren't asking the right questions. St. Peter says in his epistle that some people, because they are unenlightened, twist St. Paul's writings due to their not asking the right questions and lacking understanding. The fact is that the truth doesn't need to be explained. When one is ready to receive the truth, then it will be clear to them. As Jesus told Pilate uh, when he was uh, being interrogated in front of the crowd. Now, today we are covering chapter one of the the encyclical uh, Charity and Truth. And in that, Pope Benedict XVI just speaks the truth straight up. And he doesn't explain it much, but just says it like it is. So buckle up. Let's get ready to enjoy some truth here. In chapter one, he covers Popolorum Progretio, which was an encyclical by Pope Paul VI in the 1960s. And it's one actually I plan to cover in the future. And uh, it was it came out shortly after Vatican II, which Vatican II was completed in 1965. So uh, again, I do plan to cover that encyclical at some point, but The Pope covers this encyclical due to its relevance to social justice and human development. So basically, Pope Benedict XVI said, I can't really give you a good and complete encyclical here without in the first chapter talking about that past encyclical. So basically, these encyclicals on social justice are building on each other. So he 
so again, Papal Order and Progreccio by Pope Paul VI is a social justice, but mostly concerned with human development. Now, he starts off by saying that social justice has to be grounded in the apostolic faith. That's definitely a Pope Benedict XVI kind of a statement, that social justice has to be grounded in the apostolic faith, in the magisterium, in order to even have any roots. And that without this, the encyclical just becomes sociological data. So I thought that was interesting to, to think about our discussions on creating a just society that if we don't ground it in truth and we don't ground social justice in, in, in the teachings passed on to us by the ancients through the magisterium, then as Pope Benedict XVI says, we are just it, we just end up with sociological data and nothing that actually transforms. Then after that, he makes an extremely important point that the encyclical is tied to Vatican II. And he states that, and that Vatican II is deeply set within church history. Now, a lot of people attacked Vatican II, both from the uh, liberal and the conservative side of the church. And Pope Benedict XVI, throughout his whole rest of his life, defended the Vatican II Council and its necessity. So here he's defended it again. He says that the Vatican II Council was uh, is deeply set within church history and that its purpose was to go more deeply into the truth that we, the church has had all along. The truth being that the church, be, and I, I'm quoting, he says, the truth being that the church, being at God's service, is at the service of the world in terms of love and truth. So since the church is, is uh, at God's service, and God created the world, then the church is at the same time and by default at the service to the world to bring charity and truth to the world. So if the church thinks that somehow we're going to make it to heaven without relating to our fellow humans, you're sadly mistaken. In fact, St. John says in his letters, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, especially in 1st John in the New Testament, he says, that a man is a, a person is a liar if they claim to love God and hate their brother, because the man who loves God must also love his brother. And he goes on to say, how can you love God whom you've not seen and not love your brother who you can see? You see, so St. John says there is a direct correlation between your relationship with God and your relationship with other people. Because they're made in the image of God. They came from God. So how can you have a disconnect there? Yet we do that disconnect. I know being a former Protestant pastor, I know that Protestants, especially the evangelicals, there is a huge disconnect. There is a huge emphasis getting to heaven and very little talk of serving and bringing charity to the poor and the needy. Not saying it doesn't exist, but it's very minimal. And so, so, uh, so Pope Benedict XVI says, if we're going to have true social justice, we have to realize that it comes from the church, and the church has to serve 
Reminds me. Well, have, let me finish that thought. I jumped into another thought, but it has to serve the church has to serve people in order to serve God. Reminds me, one time I was promoting a project to serve uh, homeless individuals and families in the neighborhood of the parish I was attending. So it was Catholic parish. We're in mass. The priest has me share some things and to try to get people involved. I was shocked afterwards. I was outside and this woman comes up to me and says, what does being Catholic have anything to do with serving the homeless? I was shocked. I was like, are you kidding me? I seriously, it's so obvious. How could you miss it? And yet we do miss it uh, so often. Now, um, uh, so that's an extremely important point. Now, I want to talk for a moment about the nature and purpose of the church, okay? Now, if you want to really know what the nature and purpose of the church is, St. Paul really gets to the point in uh, Ephesians and in Colossians. Ephesians and Colossians are St. Paul's treatises on what the church is all about. And in them, he gets into this, that the the if you want to know the nature and purpose of the church, it's found in the cross. In fact, he tells the Corinthian church that the wisdom of God is on full display in the cross. But the nature and purpose of the church, and what Pope Benedict XVI really wanted to get to uh, in his opening statements in this encyclical and in, in uh, 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 Vatican II Council and in those documents, and read Gaudium et Spes, Lumen Gentium, if you really want to get full reports on this, the nature and purpose of the church. But, you know, the church is the community of God. It's the community of people who are learning to love one another, who are learning to serve one another out of that love, who are learning to forgive one another, one another who are learning to walk together, who are learning how to bear one another's burdens, how to encourage one another, uh, you know, and so on. All the one another's in the New Testament. And, and in that, the church then brings salvation to the world. Salvation not being about pray, receive Jesus, and go to heaven when you die, but salvation being about the transformation, the healing, the development of the entire human person. And so he brings out the point that the encyclicals, uh, Papalorum Progretio, speaks of two truths, that number one, the church is to promote integral human development. Okay, the church is to promote integral human development, interdependence there. And secondly, true human development, and this is what Pope Paul VI says, that true human development involves the whole person in their entirety. That human development is not about people being developed in their skills so they can serve corporations, but rather that the church is to be involved in true human development, which involves the whole person. So for example, what makes up a whole person? Well, a human person is a mental being, an emotional being, a spiritual being, a physical being, a relational being. All those things have to be brought into consideration in order for us to, to make progress in society. So what Pope Paul VI and Pope Benedict XVI is bringing out in their encyclicals 
is that in order to have a just society, everyone needs to be involved in helping everyone else to develop and make progress as, as a whole person in their entirety. So in other words, if we have people in our neighborhoods, uh, we have people in our neighborhoods, we're to be helping each other and helping each other in our parishes to develop mentally through better education, to develop physically, through better opportunities to develop the body, to develop and to eat healthily instead of having nothing good available to eat. Because, you know, the poor can't eat healthy like the rich can. We always talk about organic foods, and we talk about preservative-free foods. We talk about all these other things, but the poor can't afford those things. So we've got to understand that to help the poor physically develop, we have to make those things available. <clears throat> and then we, and by the way, I would say this point, and I hope you hear this. Instead of just giving the poor are leftover organic foods, why not give them the best? Did you know in the Old Testament, the nation of Israel was required to tithe? And the tithe, they weren't, you know, the prophets got on the people of Israel for giving God diseased lambs and lambs that were blind and had, you know, various ailments. God wanted the very first 10% of your fruit to be the best you had to give to God as an offering or the lamb, the very best one you had and all that. Why can't we give the poor the very best, the first 10% of the organic and healthy foods? Because that is a sacrifice to God, an offering to God. By giving to the poor, not the leftovers, but giving to the poor the very best, the very first 10% of the best foods we have, giving that to the poor is an offering that's pleasing to God. And so, you know, men mentally, emotionally, by making sure that people have access to great counseling in case they have emotional traumas or whatever to overcome, uh, helping people develop spiritually. So instead of it just being show up to mass and go home, we make sure that people are very spiritually developed. You know, whatever, relationally, helping people work on our relationships, all these things. We're, we're working on the whole person. And by doing that, suddenly you realize you have a just society because when humans are whole, then humans do the right thing. The reason why we've got all this evil and all these violence and things in the world is because people are broken and wounded. And that's how wounded people react is with violence and brokenness. Now, Pope Benedict XVI says that the problem with human development without eternal life is that it reduces human development to the accumulation of power and wealth. It keeps us from reaching the goals of the higher good. So we're made for a higher good as human beings. And when we try to do it without God, without the church, without eternal life in mind, then instead of that higher order that we're created for as human beings, we end up developing human beings just for the purpose of accumulation of wealth and power. And I see that. I live on the West Coast of the United States, where it's just all this technological development. We've got the Silicon Forest here in Oregon, Silicon Valley in California. You've got Microsoft up in Washington. It's all about developing people to know how to 
run computer programs so they can get rich doing that and just keep pushing technology. Not that there's anything wrong with technology, but the problem is as humans, we're created for something more, something higher, a very high and holy goodness. We are here to help the world, first of all, return to its creator. But not only that, we are also here to help the world and every human being to reach their full potential for God's glory. So if we were in a world that was really existing in the higher good, the higher realms, there would be no poverty. There would be no homelessness. There would be no war, child slave labor, all those things would be gone. But we're not working for that higher order. We're only going for the bare minimum of wealth and power. Now he brings out, Pope Benedict XVI brings out that we developed human institutions. This is where it gets interesting for me. We developed institutions for human development. So, for example, government, universities, whatnot. All these institutions in society says we've developed these human institutions for human development. And the problem with this is that human development is a vocation for which everyone is to be involved. You see, you have a calling. I don't care who it is that's listening to this right now. You, no matter who you are, you are called by God to help the people you in your life reach their full potential and to become fully whole in Christ. You are called to help the mentally ill. You are called to help those with physical ailments. You are called to help people develop as an entire person. We all have that calling and Pope Benedict XVI in the encyclical really hits that home. And so does Paul, uh, Pope Paul VI and his. And what's interesting is that we don't do that. What Pope Benedict XVI says is that we've pushed it off to the institutions. Let the government educate the children through the public school system and the universities. Let the, let the, uh, the government provide mental health counseling and services. Let the, let the schools do whatever, you know, all these various things we've got schools doing now. Even schools feeding our children when it's our responsibility to feed the children. And so I love this point that Benedict XVI really hits at home is that we have unfortunately created institutions like government, schools, and so on. All of them that are out there. And in those institutions, we have handed off the responsibility to them for human development. Of course, they're not doing it in, in a higher order. They're doing it in a very base human way. And what Pope Benedict XVI reminds us is that each one of us are called by God to work towards the development of humanity. I think of when people complain that college tuition is too high. And it is, <laughs> by the way. But people complain that college tuition is too high. Government officials are corrupt. And all of the things that people complain about, well, the, it's our own fault. We've developed these structures. And now we see the, in, that 
And then as we develop these structures, we see them as the end all. No, these structures are not called by God for our progress. We are called for that. You know, often those institutions, by the way, and Pope Benedict XVI brings this out, that often these institutions, we like government and so on, that we uh, uh, create end up persecuting the church and taking away freedom. And without that freedom, the church can't truly develop humans <laughs> the way it's called to. And two, we have sought to develop as humans without God. We try to make progress without God. There's, you know, groups of political political groups out there that call themselves progressives. And when I see what these progressives are doing, they're actually going backwards. They're not making progress. They're lowering humanity to a base standard of living. So often we try to develop as humans without God. And the problem with this is that we need God to even understand what a human person is, since God is the one who created the human person. Without God, we end up working for our own salvation and we dehumanize others. But with God, with God, we see the divine in others and thus understand clearly how the development of the human person is to happen. So, for example, let's take homelessness. Without God, the solutions to homelessness become housing and getting them off the streets. I work in the homeless, I'm a housing case manager, and that's what is promoted all the time all around me, is let's get them off the streets and get them housed. And then we wonder, why do so many homeless people get housing, and then a couple years later, they lose that housing? <laughs> it isn't because of lack of supports, but it's because we failed to see the divine in that person. You see, with God... We approach homelessness much differently. With God, homelessness becomes a two-way street where we aid them in their total development in the divine image, and we open ourselves to allow them to aid us in our development in the divine image. It radically changes how we approach homelessness. Can you imagine a world where with it comes to people Living on the streets, we gave ourselves to their mental, emotional, spiritual, physical, and relational development, and they in turn did the same for us. You see, homeless people don't just need us, we need them. You see, when you see people in the divine image, then suddenly everything becomes equal. It's not them and us, it's not housed people and homeless people, it's human beings, brothers and sisters. Now, the Pope shows us that <clears throat> there are two important documents we need to pay attention to. Pope Benedict XVI said, if you're going to really understand Pope uh, Paul VI encyclical, Papalorum Progretio, it's important, uh, to, uh, which is uh, important to our understanding of that encyclical. There's two other documents by Pope Paul VI he said you need to read. One is Humana Vitae and the other Evangelii Nuntiandi. So in Humana Vitae, it shows the importance of the family and the development of the human person in society. So it all starts with the family. If you've got healthy, strong, spiritual families developing healthy, strong, spiritual children, then that 
of course, then naturally grows out to society. And then in the other writing, now these are not encyclicals. There are just other writings by Pope Paul VI, but the other Evangelii Nuntiandi is an apostolic letter which shows us how the gospel informs us how to live in the concreteness of life and in relation to one another. So, yeah, take note of these documents, read them, and get a well-rounded approach, because if you really get a hold of these concepts, you're really going to understand how social justice really should work. Now, in this chapter, Pope Benedict XVI ends with showing that Pope Paul VI speaks on the fact that human development, human development must be grounded in truth. That we take the call to vocation seriously and realize that true human development comes from God and that we are dependent on God. That development grounded in truth leads us to work towards the development of the whole person in a way that is for their good. That it is not approached in a way where they are developed for the good of the institution, but rather where they are developed for their good and for the higher order that we're to live as humans. And then he brings out that development of the human person must be grounded in charity. So not only grounded in truth, but grounded in charity, because this leads to brotherhood. I mean, can you imagine? Can you just imagine with me for just a moment what it would be like in a world or in a neighborhood like yours where we really saw the brotherhood of humanity serving each other for each other's developments. What would it look like in a parish where the members of that parish are working together for each other's development? See, Paul, St. Paul envisioned that in the New Testament as part of the nature and purpose of the church. That we work in the neighborhood, that we work in the parish for everyone as brothers and sisters are equally giving back and forth to each other, working for each other's progress as a human being. What a world that would be to live in. Wow. Now, next week, we're going to look at chapter two and how human development comes about in our time. So how do you plug all this into modern times with all the craziness and all of the things that comes with modern living? Recently, there was a football player who collapsed on a nationally televised game. Uh, DeMar Hamlin played for the Buffalo Bills, was hit, tackled. Nobody knows why, but he just dropped to the ground, went limp. And for seven minutes, he did not have a heartbeat. They had to resuscitate him and bring him back to life. The players, it was interesting to watch this because as you watch this unfold on television, the players are gathering around him. They're on their knees praying. I mean, all this political correctness and wokeness just went out the window. People are praying, even on ESPN, uh, which is known as a godless channel, anti-Christianity. The anchors were praying, actually praying, not saying we're going to pray actually praying on national television. And the whole nation just gathered around this young man. And the good news, he recovered. He was in the hospital. He recovered. And now he's back home recovering more. But see, this is a glimpse of what God really wants among humans. 
Just as those players in the nation came around this young man for his physical progress, so we are to live in brotherhood and gather around each other to help each other progress as humans in the spiritual, physical, mental, and so on. The whole person. We all have been called to work and help each other as humans to reach our full created potential. We have been called to something higher than wealth, higher than government, higher than national pride. We have been called to join Christ in the salvation of humanity. May we fulfill our call as we create a just society right where we are. You've been listening to Common Sense on Social Justice with your host, Michael Davis. A common sense and fresh perspective to creating justice where you are. Share your comments and questions with Michael by emailing sjcommonsense at gmail.com. That's sjcommonsense at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.